0: Welcome again to another episode of Ryan Annoy's People. Of course, you guys know that this podcast is available wherever you get your podcast at. And um, whether it's Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, many thanks to those who have been subscribing to the podcast ever since I had kind of like a relaunch in January uh, when I moved it over to Anchor.fm. And uh, many thanks to all the guests who've been on the podcast over the last almost six months, uh, many thanks. Uh, once again, thanks to my guests, Mary and Susan, for dropping by the podcast, a rare in person podcast uh, over at PJ's on Maple near the Tulane University campus. So, this episode is about um, me being accused of gaslighting and, and gaslighting and, well, misogynist and criticizing uh, the squad. Uh, and if you guys don't know who the squad is it's a a collection of of, of representatives house of representatives uh um, who you know it, it's this whole it was like this whole representation stuff uh it's Rashida Talib, Ilian Omar, Jamal Bowman, Cory Bush, Ayana Presley and of course AOC so basically there's that's really what the squad is uh in um using baseball terminology, this would be kind of like the Atlanta Braves of the 1990s except the difference between the Atlanta Braves of the 1990s and the squad is they actually did win something they actually did win something you know uh Smotes Maddox glavin and um and they actually did win something let's let's put it that way so that being said this uh, this morning, I quote-tweeted an article from The Hill where AOC was complaining about being in Congress and how hard it is to be a normal person. And I stated that if she doesn't like doing this job, then she can do us a favor and resign and go back to being an activist. And I got accused by my aunt and... And a couple of other people on the fact of why would i say this about a woman of color why would i say this about aoc and i said here's the reason why there's nothing wrong with being an activist being an activist means that you can protest against the policies that are in place you have you know you you don't have like coalitions i mean yes there are coalitions that you have when you do activism but then you're not going out and getting votes you're not going out and writing policy as an activist you can demand for policies as an activist that can better your community example here in New Orleans we have a thing with um, the relocation of Gordon Plaza okay a person who is an act. I know the people who are involved with uh, the Gordon Plaza relocation. People who are activists for that, they can hold the politicians feet to the fire because they are not going for votes. They are trying to demand policy that can better serve the people that are trying to relocate out of Gordon Plaza. And that's what we consider activism. When I was a teenager um, I had wrote a column which was kind of my way of activism to getting uh, a bunch of houses, abandoned houses down uh, demolished in my neighborhood. I wrote a column about it and I ended up going on television, I ended up talking to uh, the media, uh, the mainstream media in Memphis and saying look we have a problem in this neighborhood. There's too many abandoned houses and you have too many kids that could easily, A, get sick or B, they could, uh, they could injure themselves if they went inside. And on top of that, you have a lot of, uh, of people who are on drugs that find those abandoned houses as places to do their shit or sleep in those or, or squat in. So we have to figure out a way to fix that problem. That is considered activism. As a politician, I am supposed to work with people that do agree with me or people that don't agree with me and try to come to a common to a common ground or uh, uh, to a common ground. Even though there are different paths to getting to that common ground, you have to have coalitions. And by uh, coalitions and working with other people. Um, that being said, if you want to be a politician, fine. If you want to be an activist, that's also fine. But you can't do both at the same damn time. And that's what AOC failed to realize. That's what she failed to realize. That's what all the entire squad, by and large, failed to fucking realize. It's like as most people don't uh, as most people know I was named for Ryan Sandberg. And Ryan Sandberg is in the Hall of Fame. And I remember during his speech when he got inducted, he talked about playing baseball the right way, you know, doing the little things and also not looking for the camera and waving and pointing at the camera and telling the camera to look at me. I'm doing this. I did this. I hit a home run. That's what AOC is. That's what the squad is. They do all this performative shit and then when you criticize them when you criticize them it's oh you sound like a Republican or oh you sound you must be part of the establishment. That's bullshit. AOC and them what bills have they gotten out of committee and signed into law. What have they done? I see more I see more about them I see more of them tweeting about council student loans or Green New Deal than them writing legislation for those things to happen. I see more of, of them going on TikTok and doing these uh twitch streams than them actually doing something And the only reason why AOC Gets on these um These mainstream TV shows Is because she passes the brown paper bag test If she had been a dark skinned Latina Instead of a white passing Latina We wouldn't be seeing her ass on television We wouldn't We wouldn't because you hardly have any CIA on a Presley on television, or Corey Bush, or Ilian Omar, or Rashid Talib. You rarely see them. It was something that I discussed with um, my my homegirl Bree. Um, I have a friend of a friend of mine named Shay. Shea is light skinned, and I said to Bree, I said Bree. We were always taught, people were always taught that if you were light skinned and you were light skinned, um, you were treated better. And you you, you get that pass, you get that uh that acceptance by the mainstream, okay, white folks. And it's like AOC only gets on these these talk shows and these these this talk show and she gets she gets deemed the face of the the Democratic Party because she is white a white passing Latina and on top of that on top of that the people who do the most you never hear they don't have to brag about what they do and that's the fucking problem the people who do the, who who talk the most are the main people that don't do shit. Bernie Sanders hasn't, Bernie Sanders has got what, post offices passed. Post office, yeah, you got post office's name. Elizabeth Warren, who I actually did support, she talks about canceling student debt. And she talks about the stuff that happened with Corinthian College. She basically wanted to take credit for what Kamala Harris did when she was senator And when she was also California attorney general. It's like the people that don't do the moat, that don't do shit, are always going to be the ones that talk the loudest. They're always going to be the ones that talk the loudest. I think about, about, and I explained it to somebody uh, um, numerous times. I said, AOC could not win dog catcher in the state of Louisiana. And here's the reason why. The way her views and how she is she could not win dog catcher in this state okay she can win in a place like New York and the, the district that she represents she can win there why because being a democrat in that part of New York City is completely different from being a democrat in New Orleans it's why Luke Mixon Luke Mixon cannot win um cannot win a race in a place like New York City. Okay? He can do it in New Orleans. He can win um uh he can possibly win if he wanted to run for governor of Louisiana. He could probably win. He could. He'll probably he'll win more than likely New Orleans. I I don't know. I never met Luke Mixon or anything. He's going to be on my podcast real soon. Um but AOC and the squad, they don't realize that A, they're mascots for well-meaning white woke people, and B, that they are the kind of people that they're the uh, I, uh, let me let me backtrack this. They're the relatives that you avoid when they ha- when you have family reunions you know you have that relative that always criticize yes like you're always you're part of the family but you always have that relative that criticizes you on everything that you do they criticize how you raise your kids they criticize what kind of foods you uh... you you feed your kids they criticize what schools you send your kids to they criticize what churches you send your kids to or just, they just they, it, it just it just scares them, or it just makes them sick to have any kind of joy. So, AOC to me is that relative that is always critical. Yes, I supported what she was doing because I was like, hey, there's a working class person, a person that was a bartender. You know, it was kind of like the equivalent of my friend, uh, my friend Brandy over at Igor's being. Uh, elected to the state to the House of Representatives in Louisiana you know uh, or my friend Christine being elected to uh, the Senate here in Louisiana I was like she's one of she's one of us and I'm like she's going to be fighting for us but then when you don't know how to work with other people when you don't know how to um, just take small victories and build on those small victories then you're ineffective. You're ineffective as uh, as a politician because if you want to be an activist, I don't have a problem with that. But if you want to be both at the same damn time, and then you saying, "Oh my God, this job is too hard for me," then get the fuck out. And it's not me being misogynistic or gaslighting a woman because I would say that I said the same shit. I'll say the same shit about Jamal Bowman. What Jamal Bowman talks about defund the police And shit And he was talking about mass incarceration But you got NYPD at a, at, a, at a job fair Make that make sense It's like dude You can be an activist And there's not a problem with that But when you're trying to be a politician And an activist at, at the same damn time On the federal level Then there's a problem with that And if you think that the job is too hard for you Then get the fuck out I'm sorry. It's not being misogynist or anything. If you think the job is too damn hard for you, get the fuck out. Because people's lives are at stake. We don't need someone that's going to straddle the fence between being a politician or being an activist. You got to choose one or the other. And if you want to be a politician, you got to learn how to work with people. And if you don't know how to work with people, if you want to um, continue this battle of, you know, thinking that this job is too hard for you, get the fuck out. Simple as that. It's not me being a Republican. I'm I vote I vote Democratic. I'm a moderate a very moderate liberal person, very pragmatic. But I will say this if you want to be an activist, fine. If you want to be a politician, fine. But if you don't if you're complaining that the job is Way too hard for you because you can't be a normal person and it's hard work. Get the fuck out. Let someone else who will do what you fail to do as a representative do your job and also know how to work with people. That being said, thank you for your time this time and until next time. I got a couple of great guests coming up this week. My homie, The homie BJ will be joining me on Thursday. We'll be talking about black music as well as the NBA playoffs and heartbreaking losses. Also, my uh, homegirl QB's uh, niece will be talking about her brand new book with her uh, mom, Laina. And there's so much more for the month of June. That being said, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road.